Do you want to solve 20% of your problems in your business without changing anything? How valuable would that be to your company? What if I told you that in just two days, you could understand the current state of your business and operations with 100% accuracy, get all of your departments on the same page and excited about moving toward the future ideal state, stop assuming what is happening in your process and get crystal clear with visualization, and feel total peace of mind and safety when you get rid of the chaos in your day-to-day. Plus, a finished flow that's so good, you'll want to show it off to everyone. This is why I am so excited after so long of thinking about doing this to announce my brand new offer to you, which is the Flow State Workshop. You see, I have typically only worked with clients over year-long plus containers, and for the first time ever, I'm making such a valuable part of my services available to you in just two days. So what is the workshop exactly? It's a two-day virtual experience where I take you and senior leaders through a tool to map out the entire flow of your goods and information over time, to map out one use case area of the business to understand the current state and solve problems. Better said, it's process mapping. Most methods of process mapping aren't necessary and honestly are overcomplicated and siloed. Therefore, your Boeings and 3Ms of the world. Plus, everyone thinks process mapping is the same, but this is where they get it wrong. There are so many nuanced methods for doing process mapping effectively. And this is where the goods and information flow comes in. It's the secret sauce because it's the only one that works. I honestly don't know why it's not taught more, considering it's the tool that Toyota uses for everything, and not to mention it's the first step of every process improvement we would use at Toyota. So you literally quite possibly cannot do process improvement without this one tool. Inconsistency in your processes is actually what's contributing to the breakdown. With this two-day virtual workshop, you'll get crystal clear on the current state of your business so you have a very, very strong foundation to solve problems. And the best part is that honestly, you don't actually need to start anything new. You don't need to disrupt anything or have a revolutionary idea. Contrary to popular belief, process isn't only for manufacturing either. This offer is for service-based businesses specific to the size and stage of your business. Plus, it's common to think that process is going to take you away from your uniqueness. And I promise you, it is actually what helps you stand out more. So if you're ready to finally get clear in just two days, head to the link in the show notes, or you can visit hillarycorner.com forward slash workshop to apply now. Now on to today's show. This is a Soulfire production. Welcome to the Unprofessional Podcast, a place to explore the boundaries of work, humanity, and culture. I'm Hillary Corna, your host and founder of The Human Way. If you're ready to break out of the box, say goodbye to business as usual, and usher in a new era, one that's more human, you've found the right place. Join me and fellow unprofessionals as we dive deep on what it takes to create human-centric organizations and become fully human leaders. Welcome home. Hello, welcome back to the Unprofessional Podcast and Community. If you are tired of fitting the mold, you did as you were told and you're finding yourself not feeling the way you thought you would feel, that is why you're here. We are a community of people taking a stand for what we believe in in business and bringing humanity into business where it belongs. Y'all, today I have a special guest because for one specific reason, 
She has known me since I was 17. Back in my early days, early in my career, when I was a total overachiever in high school, I got a really competitive scholarship. You may have heard of it. Uh, It's called the Coca-Cola Scholarship. Uh, Jane Hopkins is the executive director of the Coca-Cola Scholars Foundation. So when we first started to get to know each other, I was a mere baby getting out of high school into college and I interned at the foundation and we have uh, since kept in touch. We have traveled to the Beijing Olympics together and she has become a dear, dear friend of mine. And she worked her way up from finance manager to executive director of the foundation. She talks a lot about women leadership, working your way up in an organization and how do we usher in a new era of business that is more human and more feminine. There are so many golden nuggets in this episode, y'all. I'm so excited to share this with you. Please enjoy. And so this is where I believe the future is like that difference between human skills and robot skills. Like we're teaching our children things that eventually robots will be able to do better than us. And we're running our companies in a way where like the things that were, were, our, our competitive advantages are replaceable, like a product. And I was like, there's going to be someone that comes in and does it better than you. Yeah. I connect to everything you've just said in my heart so much. And I think, yes, you need a technology strategy. And we've done a lot of this this year and reached a lot of people we couldn't normally reach. Right. So you need that. But I think if we've learned anything in COVID, it's that nothing replaces basic human connection. You and I can connect right here today and we will, and I'll be happier for it and more learned on the other side, but it's nothing like me coming down to Austin or you being in Atlanta and us sitting out and having dinner together. Like Mm, it's just not, you know, but I want to go back to something. I have two reactions to hearing you talk. Um, One maybe that will come later, but um, I want to challenge you because you said, I don't really need to make my life harder. And I want to challenge you on that because I think you're the type of person that does. I think I'm the type of person that does, and maybe we don't want to admit it, but we're always trying to show up as the best version of ourselves. Money doesn't matter. You know, it's like money's freedom and that's good, but we're always trying, and I'm putting myself in your category and I don't yeah, know if I that's that. you or not. Oh my um, God, totally. We're, we're trying to show up as the best version of ourselves. And so it's when you do something really hard, right? Yeah. That challenges your core beliefs, who you are, you're learning something new, but you come out the other side and you feel like you thrived. Like, um, you, and, and we, I think we need that sort of complication in our life, right? It makes I so appreciate that. Thank you. It's true. But the other thing I want to say, and this has been so interesting, and this has been part of my journey, and it started about this time last year. As we talk about women in business, it's inevitable when I sit on a panel of women. I think I saw your post about this, but go ahead. Don't let me ruin it. God. Well, when I sit on a panel, I was on a panel at a college, Honors College, University of Southern Mississippi last year mm-hmm. with other scholarship professionals. And we were introducing ourselves and I was fifth to go. And inevitably it is all work-life balance. How do you manage your husband and your children? And I get it. it that's yeah. huge. And I, I, I was completely vulnerable. I didn't expect to say this, but I said to the room that was mostly young women, I said, I don't have children, you know, for varying reasons of things that have happened in my life, right? Mm. I lost someone very young and it just took me a while to whatever, you know? And um, he was important to me and it just took me a long time to recover. But I'm trying to think how I said this because I think sometimes I feel like 
I'm not in the women's club. And that makes me feel like an outsider. And I said to my college roommate the same thing. And I said, I just don't feel like I've checked all the right boxes in life sometimes. She looked at me and she said, then why don't you find new boxes to check? <laughs> I said, oh, thank you. <laughs> I needed that. So it's just everyone That's has really their struggles true. in different ways, you know? Interesting. Yeah. Who was it that said I wrote you a long letter because I didn't have time to write a short one? Oh, I don't know. That's interesting. But I think it's interesting. I've like, but I, I can relate to that because, you know, I was a young woman in my 30s working for a foundation as a finance manager. And I was reporting to a board that included the CFO of Coca-Cola North America, right? Wow. That terrified me because I took hierarchy so literally. I thought, well, he has this title, so he's so much more worthy than I am, right? So I would literally go into board meetings scripted because I was so, such a perfectionist and so afraid of doing, saying something wrong that I couldn't move past it. And so I literally was a script and I've learned over time, yeah, that man was cheering for me, right? He, mm -hmm. he didn't want me to fail. He wanted me to succeed. And so, but I think it's a relatable journey of learning to trust yourself, Yeah. right? Of knowing that you know what you know and you don't know everything and it is okay. Um, but not having to perform all the time and just allowing yourself to show up authentically, right? That's more relatable to people. As someone who's worked really hard to bring my whole self into business, into my business, into a leadership role, it takes a village, right? Like yeah. I've gone to a therapist for 10 or 12 years. Probably as advantageous to me as a person and my success as my MBA was, right? But it was therapy and it was business school and it was individual coaching and it was leaning on colleagues. Like there, there's all these different resources that help you show up as the best leader that you can be. It's not one, right? And it's different for everybody based on your experiences and your learnings and how you see the world. It maybe needs to shift a little bit. Um, so I, 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 in my gut, get where you're going. Yeah, I just had it. Or I'm like, we can talk about business and we can talk about personal. For example, why going to therapy is good for your career. <laughs> That's Absolutely. the conversation. It's not. Yeah necessarily why humanization is good for CX or you see what I'm saying? Like I've yeah, been saying, I do, I do. Cause I've lived it. Right. Yeah. yeah. And then I, you know, one of the things I think that we all struggle with so much is we are our thoughts and it's what you feed yourself is what you manifest. And I think as people who, or at least someone like me, that's dealt with worthiness, wanting to be perfect, needing validation, it's hard to turn off the negative thoughts. Mm. And um, for me, and, and this is just in my experience, um, and, and I'll bring this in, um, which I don't always do, but because we're just connecting. I, I'm a person of, of great faith, right? And I've sort of reconnected with that in the last 10 years. I uh, was brought up in a religious household. It's just what we did. We went to church. but spirituality, universal spirituality, mm. the universe um, has taken on more meaning to me in the last 10 years, I would say. 
And I've started to understand from a spiritual perspective that I'm feeding myself comments about I'm not good enough. I can't do it. Then I'm not living my purpose here on earth like I'm supposed to. They they are the enemy of me living out, you know, what I have to offer to the world as a human being. And so, you know, that's been one tool for me that helps me rationalize turning off those thoughts in my head when I have them. But it's different for everybody, you know. Um, but I. I do think it's also that people need a sense of looking up to something beyond themselves that's, that's helpful in life. I'm going on a tangent here a little bit. I thought that, were, that was actually quite profound because I think even the conversation of spirituality in business is changing. Like we changed our huddles to start with what we're grateful for. Yeah. That didn't happen in the 90s. No. And I will tell you, I was speaking um, at a conference session with the MasterCard Foundation couple of years ago and we were talking I mean I said to them at the end we were doing closing comments and these were all people out supporting students right wanting to create opportunity wanting to make sure marginalized students have the same opportunities that other people do amplifying voices and I said y'all I said to the room at the end I said no one uses this word in this setting but what we do is about love other human beings right I mean it is and I can't tell you how many people said to me, thank you for having the guts for using that word in this room. <laughs> and I'm not sure I would use it in every room. It's not always appropriate, but why not? You know, I mean, why not call it what it is? I mean, I'm in the business because I love you and I love our community. And I want, I want exceptional, talented leaders to have the opportunity to offer to the world what they should offer. And if we can provide just a little bit of that opportunity, then it is about love to me. I hope you are vibing with these juicy nuggets from Jane. I absolutely adore her. She wants women like you to be in more leadership positions, to get what they're worth. So let me know what you think. What are you relating to? Slide into my DMs on IG. You can find me at Hillary Corna and tag Jane too. Share us what you think, what really resonated with you and what takeaway you took from the episode. Um, now that being said, without further ado, let's dive into the next golden nugget. So this is so funny because one of the things I've always kind of struggled with is like this kind of big promise statement of like, I help blank people do blank so that they can blank. And we always come back to like, so that companies can be loved and adored. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's always comes back to that. And yeah. I think why we're getting to that is because people feel so people feel so used and abused. People feel so because we're creating companies with machine-like efficiency and the last decade has been about efficiency and productivity and tech. It's like the companies that foster and create moments of love and delight and joy are like, oh, meaning, meaning like, you know, it's not just about how much money we're going to make. It's like the meaning we're creating for people. And that is a value that's intangible, like to be a meaning maker. We make meaning for people. Like we give people purpose in a world where people don't know their purpose and they just feel like, you know, they're just in a job or they're running a company or whatever. And that's what the difference is. And I think that's an opportunity because. I do too. I mean, you know, we are not the Coca-Cola company, but their purpose is to refresh the world and create moments of optimism, Mm. right? 
And I think it's that optimism that's missing. And if they let go of that emotion, they have to feel their own pain. Mm. And so it's like in the absence of love or feeling loved or enough love, they, they fill that sort of emotional void with hate. Yeah. And it's interesting. I think the things that we've focused our attention on has made, the irony is, has made this type of culture. Like, you know, you have these tech companies that are turning around multimillionaires at the age of 24. Everyone's going after short-term results. They're going after, you know, the rise of VC funding and exits. And everyone's like, what's our exit strategy? And it's like, what the fuck? Like, are you just using and abusing everyone? Like, I don't get it. And it's like, we built this tech to connect people and now we're disconnected and, and suicide rates are on the rise. And I'm sure you've seen the social dilemma, right? And it's like, wow, we have misled ourselves away from love. Yeah. That's why people are yearning for it so much. It's not, and it's what I believe about Toyota that Toyota knew really, really well is it's not how much money you pump into things or the software integrations you have or the funding. It's, it's how do you nurture relationships and care for people? Uh-huh. I mean, the, one of the pillars of the Toyota way, and people don't see this, people see the Kaizen and the quality stuff and the Toyota uh-huh. production system. The other one that's equally important is mutual respect. Uh-huh. And they will do business with people who don't provide a good enough product or who charge a little bit more because they respect the relationship and the loyalty of the relationship. Uh-huh. So it's very, it was very wise. And yeah. so people think of Toyota as like very antiquated or traditional, but even like my boss at Toyota, God, he was so amazing. Um, I have a strong belief. I've never said it publicly. I have a strong belief that women should have the first day of their period off of work. Mm. I don't understand why this is not normal. Yeah. Right. Like we're right. literally bleeding out of our vagina and we're right. supposed to wake up and act like nothing is going on and tell right. no one. Right. And, and it's, it's often in pain, right? Oh yeah. my God. Like cringing inside. Yeah. Oh, but take a pill. Right. So you don't feel the pain. Fuck right. you. Take yeah. a pill that, that waters down your blood. You right. know, it, it's just like, this is crazy. And my boss would respect that. I told my boss at Toyota that. And he was like, okay, totally understand. Go take a day. It's totally fine. If you're not feeling well. And he would always say to me, health is the only thing you actually have. It's so true. You don't have anything. Health is the only thing you have. Your well-being. Yeah. I'm like, wow. And your mental wealth, right? I think you learn that. Yeah, health included mental. Yep. And so I say that because... I don't look at it as a Toyota thing. I do Mm -hmm. sincerely look at it as my one boss, Kamatsu-san, who was just Uh a wise, Uh unique, developed soul. Uh Um, But going back to your point about like topics we would avoid, like I feel very strongly that spirituality, you know, mental health Uh and health of the whole self is uh-huh. these things that we used to avoid. And now we're like, y'all, trust is plummeting across yes. organizations. And oh, there's some data, big business, military, government, uh-huh. medicine. And for us to restore trust, we have to be real because uh-huh. this 
showing up as a facade and performative all the time as if everything's great and all, you know, we have our shit together. It's not believable. Right. Same for companies. Like it's not believable anymore because trust is plummeting. And so being real is a way to restore trust, showing those moments of the funder bottler with this 18 year old who is a baby, right? (laughs) Such a baby. <laughs> in the no best idea. of ways. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, oh my God, I was such a baby. Um, that is like such a beautiful moment of realness. Like uh, this human has so much success in their life. They have love, they have money, they have whatever they want for the most part, let's be honest, right? Yeah. And and then they need this little baby to fill a gap. And, and like, that is so valuable. Bringing them together is yeah. invaluable on yeah. another level that this person didn't have before. Yeah. And it's, it's not about the money you give. It's not no. about the opportunities or the job offers or the networking. It's that one moment that that bottler would never forget. Yeah. They've, they've changed a life in that moment, right? In so many ways. And I relate so much to you talking about being real and showing up. And I think one of the biggest gifts to me this year, it happened in June um, after the death of George Floyd and our small team at CCS, I've had a very real conversation where we created a safe place for each other to talk and to listen and to understand. And, and when I say, listen, I mean, listen well, right. And I learned through those conversations that other members of the team had very different lived experiences than me. Um, I learned things that I literally didn't know. And it changed me profoundly as a human being, right? And um, it made me a better leader. It made us understand each other and trust each other more. And it all came because we just were honest with each other, right? no judgment. They didn't judge me for what I didn't know. And that was the biggest blessing. And, um, Mm. the tension between white women and black women and understanding it, unpacking it and thinking if we could harness an understanding and a togetherness and a love of each other in our different journeys, we could, we could change the world. But you got to make time in your heart and your head to really listen. And that means checking yourself in ways that, that are hard, you know? Have you read uh, Glennon Doyle? I have not. I have so not. If you have Audible, just go to, uh, uh, there's a chapter in her book that you will really appreciate that um, I know you've already kind of had this journey, but I found We're this all on the journey, oh, right? That's fair. Yeah. It's a chapter on racism and it's literally the chapter's title is racism. Mm -hmm. And she talks about exactly this and it like, yeah, I was like, oh my God, I am, I am a infant child in this, in this conversation and the, the growth in the love and the profound joy and appreciation that comes from just meeting and understanding. But it goes back to that word again, which is love. And how we need that to show up in the world more. And I mean, I feel like 
we keep, we're having different conversations this morning, but it all goes back to that, right? It's fascinating. It is fascinating. Yeah. I know we talk, I, I love you so much. I think I love you, just, you so much. <laughs> Thank you. You're such a wonderful soul. And I think everyone at Coke is so lucky to have you. And oh, I'm you. so happy that the executive director is a female. Like thank I'm you. so happy it's you and like you come from this finance background so you can fulfill that obligation. But like the next evolution of the foundation is something vastly different than what Mark ever did. Like that legacy is a legacy and then you have your legacy that's yet to be told. And so yeah. I just feel so, so grateful on. to know you and be a part of it. Oh, thank you. If the, I, I feel like I eat humble pie all the time because I get <sighs> to be around all you wonderful people. And I'm just like, humble pie. I know. I don't know how you do it. I would be just in a state of awe all the time. I am. I live there. It just clicked for me. It's about building community, but you know, we talk about, we want to inspire scholars to continue to be the best version of themselves throughout their lives. And that in some ways is by bringing you together to re-inspire you to values that are important to you as a community. That may be by giving you a leadership tool of understanding and learning empathy and inspiration, right? And diving deeper into that. In some ways it's creating content that inspires you. So it's like, it's, it's, it's like you started as high school seniors with these values that you share. And I think all Coke scholars, Coke scholars all have their own passion, right? Some are passionate about the environment. Some are passionate about business, others about social justice, but you all see a better version of the world and you're not afraid to go after it. That's what <laughs> unites you, right? So how do we harness the power of that network that wants to see a better future? Y'all, thanks for listening to the Unprofessional Podcast. If you like what you heard, please rate and review it. Tell me what you want to hear. Tell me who you want to hear from so I can make it better for you. And subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. Also, if you found yourself nodding your head, yes, multiple times today, and you want to be a part of a community of wholehearted unprofessionals, then come join us at hillarycorna.com and follow me on IG at Hillary Corna. Our goal, to make the world a little more human 